everybody. Welcome to Idle Chat. I am Jonathan Idle. Today, our guest is the Whiskey Pirate, Jay Cole. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you doing this. I feel like I... I uh, bugged you every day for about a week to try. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad this worked out. I just you know schedules get crazy sometimes. We, oh yeah. We uh, we pinned a day down, so I'm excited. I'm looking oh, forward to this. I was so excited. So I like I've been watching all kinds of like whiskey shows, uh, like review shows on the internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. At like three in the morning, she's trying to sleep, and I'm like <laughs> watching all this stupid crap on the internet. You know. So first things first, the whiskey pirate is that? Did you come up with that gimmick? I came up with that um, about maybe I want to say. Maybe about ten years ago, maybe a little bit longer. It's kind of hard. I just, uh, it it pretty much started off of me having a bunch of uh, accounts with different Jeep forums. Okay, so all right. So now you got a Jeep. So I, so I still oh, had yeah. my Jeep. I just it was my username on everything. It was like my you know my my call sign. Okay, and the Whiskey Pirate just became like my username for all all these Jeep forums, and then it kind of spilled over into me wanting to build a website, do an Instagram, and then just take pictures of whiskey, talk about whiskey cool. and just get really geeky with it. And then it just morphed into that this, this, you know, character now that I yeah. have that everybody knows me by. Well, you're, you're doing these like these, um, we're going to get into the, into the whiskey dinners, the whiskey dinners you're doing over at Skyline uh, Beer Company in Westfield, Massachusetts. We're going to get into that, but how do you not have t-shirts? This is insane to me. We got to talk. We gotta- <laughs> I, I've had the idea for a long time. It's just one of those things like, do I want to see my face, my logo, because I, I, with the help of a buddy of mine, you actually might know him, um, Rob Thrasher, big big afro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes, yes. we've we've been kind of working about, you know, trying to put something together because he's got this awesome logo yeah. for himself for everything he does with with his with his Thrasher life. And so I reached out to him. I said, Hey, who did that logo for you? And then now I have mine working with his same designer. I saw on your Facebook, you have yeah. that black and white logo. Is yeah. that, that dude? That's it. So. Okay, I spent I spent 20 years in the wrestling business before I got T-shirts. Uh, that was the best decision I ever made was getting them. So it's just like, yes, you want T-shirts with your face on them everywhere. It'd be, it's going to be really weird, though, to see like my face, like somebody wearing like my likeness. But people have people have asked me about it. So I think it's going to happen at yeah, some point, yeah. especially since me and Rob have been talking about, you know, this little kind of project that we've been working on. Hopefully it sees the light of day at some point. But yeah, I. It, I think it will happen sooner or later. I, I knew somebody was driving through, I want to say, through Northampton. They look over and see somebody walking down the street in a Johnny Idol t-shirt. And then <laughs> and then somebody I know was walking somewhere, I want to say Northampton again, and somebody yelled out of a car, Johnny Idol rolls! So, so yes, you want your face on a t-shirt. <laughs> all right, all right. You I, have I consider to. that another vote for it. Oh, yeah, you bet. So then you then you got into, into uh, you're actually working uh, for a, a whiskey supplier, correct? Correct, yeah. That so is I, awesome. Brand ambassador um technically now uh national brand ambassador i'm going all over the country now nice. with this so i get to visit stores i get to visit bars restaurants and be the guy that just you know explains the 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 brands that i i rep for and just okay. talk about whiskey um talk about cognac too but uh whiskey is the main focus so i just get to travel and geek out and talk whiskey and, and I get paid for it. So it's, it's a pretty cool gig. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. I wanted to, I wanted to have you on because we've been to a couple of your, your whiskey tasting dinners. And I just find like, just like how, when I had, had Mark from two weeks notice on the science of beer, I love the whole science of the whiskey and the, the criteria. I found it all so interesting. So I just wanted to have you want to talk about all that stuff. Cause there were things I, why don't we, okay. First off, why don't we talk about what makes, Bourbon, bourbon, and why? 
Um, is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. This is like kind of stuff like I really get to enjoy people that are getting into the, like the category more. Like maybe they grew up a beer drinker. Yeah. Maybe they're a wine drinker, but like now they want to like just learn what, you know, what, what's whiskey all about. Right. So pretty much the the beginning of it as far as like bourbon goes it's yeah. got to be made in, in the states in right. in the united states in this country you're never going to see a canadian bourbon you're never going to see you know an irish bourbon just it's not going to happen right. it's against the law but it's uh it's our national spirit made by law at least 51 percent corn okay so pretty much it starts there it could be more than that okay. it, it could be 60 percent. it could be 70 percent. it can be you know if they really wanted it could be all corn but the better half, 51%, has to be at least that corn, but the rest can be wheat, rye, um, barley, you know, it's whatever up to the distillery or the or the management of the brand, you know, what they want to make okay. it put together. And is that where the other flavors will pull out? Because you get all kinds of like vanilla notes and stuff like that. And, and the th third criteria is the barrels, correct? Correct. Yep. See, you're, you're, you're already right on line with this stuff. So the, big, <laughs> the biggest, the craziest thing about bourbon is that we can only use our barrels once if we want to call it bourbon. Right. So once that barrel is aging um, and or the whiskey's aging in that barrel and it's dumped out and bottled, you can't use that barrel again if you want to call that same whiskey bourbon. Now you can use it. But it's part it's of the. It, it's not bourbon. Same anymore. exact recipe. Same Everything exact else can be the same, yep. but it can't be bourbon. Cannot be bourbon. So you can still call it an American whiskey, um, and then do something else with it. But you cannot have, uh, you cannot be legally calling it bourbon on the label. It just it's wacky, wacky laws, and a lot of that goes back. And I love telling these stories. It goes back to the Coopers Union in the '30s. Okay, and it was to help protect the Coopers who are making all these barrels. Okay, and also for the the lumber industry. You know, it's like a booming, booming time for people buying houses, building houses way back then. So it kept the lumber industries going with contract work and it kept the Coopers in the job. So they always knew they had something going on, like they were never going to be out of a gig. That is awesome. So, yeah, I, it, I, I forgot the actual title of the bill that was signed, but it was written into law. And it was back in the third. It was back in like the mid 30s when this happened. That is so cool. I think that's all. And then our old barrels now our used barrels are going overseas correct they're going overseas this is what i learned from you yep. yeah they're going to be going to either ireland or they're going to scotland they're going to japan they're going to taiwan um india anywhere who's any other country who's also making whiskey they want to get our our barrels because they want to get the flavors that the bourbon's already put in them nice and they want to you know buy them cheaper because a used barrel is obviously going to be cheaper than something brand new right or you know or we're turning or turning around and they're going to breweries to okay. age oh. their stouts in, that's you right. know, yeah. or, or their that's porters. That's thing so going on now, too. Get those yeah. big barrel-aged stouts happening, and then, you know, so there's there's a, a very continuing cycle for everything, which is really cool to watch, and at the very end of it, once that barrel's, you know, used up, say, four or five, six times, you cut it in half and make a planner out of it, and you go, you know, <laughs> you go buy it at Home Depot for 40 bucks. Make a... Make a, 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 a table in your man cave or something <laughs> make, a, make a table start you know put some petunias in or something like Wait, that you like buy really... barrels at home depot like, is that what you said what'd you say you typically you can i mean you're probably gonna find them right now since we're in the middle of winter but like you look in like springtime yeah you're gonna see like those those cut in half barrels yeah. um you probably can even get like a walmart too but you know they're gonna charge like maybe 40 50 bucks for it but that's awesome um yeah so they just you know make put a bed of flowers in or start growing some tomatoes, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Why not? Why not? So now, okay, so I can understand getting like some sweetness from the corn, maybe some rye flavors from the rye or whatever else you're using in there. And, and of course the oakiness, where does all that, the vanilla and like the brown 
sugar caramel flavors and all the, those undertones, which bourbon, I'm a bourbon drinker. I, yeah. I, I love bourbon. I, I like all those little under undernotes you get in, in that. Like I, I enjoy an Irish whiskey. I enjoy a Canadian whiskey. I just, I find like a bourbon just has so many other things going on. That's just my opinion. So. No, that's that. And that's the fun part is that a lot of the stuff, it's all made almost exactly the same. But when, when things start to change around is when you're talking about different woods that you're going to be different kinds of oak Okay. That you want to be aging these whiskeys in now, our American oak, our American white oak, you just get a very natural, consistent vanilla character from really? from our oak. That's amazing. Now, that's what you're going to find almost in all your bourbons. You're always going to have that vanilla character. A lot of bourbons can sometimes have like a cherry note to yeah, them, yeah, um, or some kind of like a like a citrus, like orange kind of note. That's all part of it's part of the spirit character sometimes, but it's also just a big component of that wood so that oak spice you're talking about like that cinnamon yeah you know, that cinnamon spice you get like a dryness kind of sometimes that's all and... that's all part of the uh that's all part of that whiskey maturing in that in that wood in that in that that's barrel amazing. so and they're always going to be different you know you never you, you're never going to have the same whiskey happen twice you could put the same exact recipe for your starting spirit into a barrel that sits right next door to another barrel two feet away in the same part of a warehouse you let those things sit for eight, nine, ten years. You go back to them, and you know by right you're gonna have two totally different whiskeys. Maybe I shouldn't say totally, but they're not gonna be the same because just wood's a natural, you know, it's a natural character. It's a, it's a natural vessel, you know. So they're gonna be different. That's amazing. That's I just wanted to just really quick as I, I these are all things that I've I've kind of picked up a few days and I've been watching this guy Horst Luning. Uh, on YouTube late at night, a little too late. And he's, uh, I guess he's like the master taster. Would that be the title? I, I believe some guys that just, they've made a career out of just doing these tastings and either putting it on YouTube or they might run their own podcast. Um, but yeah, they just, they make a name for themselves doing this stuff. And I kind of wanted to get into that. Yeah. But I mean, I can hardly, you know, make time for myself right. you know, during the week. So to, to try to do a, uh, a YouTube or a, or my own podcast as much as it would be fun. It's just not it is fun. It, it, it's not, unfortunately going to be that likely for me anytime soon because I just don't have the time for it. Right, right, but right. These guys do some crazy reviews and well, you know, he, people he, follow him. He's a head taster for whiskey.com. I guess okay. you have to look him up. H O R S H O R S T L U E N I N G. Look him up. Might be able to just look up whiskey.com. His, his whiskey reviews are intense, dude. He almost gargles with it, okay? It's just like, it's so intense. Not a fan of the American whiskeys, I can tell you that. Like the Jack Daniels style, okay. he's not a huge fan of that. He does like some bourbons and stuff, but he, he does a lot of, um, like, scotch and stuff. Okay, so, so he's, he's he's right in my, he's, he's in my wheelhouse then. You know, that, that's, that's my baby. My baby is scotch. Yeah. So that's... Okay, so let's talk about those those flavors that come out of scotch then. There's all kinds of, uh, it's a totally different animal from what you get over here. It um it, it is and it isn't because you know you're still starting with this with this raw spirit that gets made this you know the same way that you're gonna be making a bourbon. The only difference being that with scotch you're gonna be using barley okay. usually. Um, whether or not it's just barley depends on what kind of end product you want, but the bulk of it's gonna be made, just made of barley. So you get a little bit different character for that raw spirit being barley based. Like you're making a beer, okay? You know, essentially, just so when you got into the science with with Mark from you know two weeks talking yeah. about how you make a beer. That's the first step of making a whiskey. You know, you're you're getting your grains. Yeah. You're building this beer. Once you have that beer, that's when it goes into a still. Right. And you start the distilling process. But with uh, with Scotch, obviously, it's made in Scotland. 
Yeah. Know? So like bourbon has to be coming from the United States. Scotch you're, has to come from Scotland. Scotch has to come from Scotland. So you're not going to see a Japanese scotch or a Canadian scotch or, you know. Now we can make the same kind of whiskey um, here in the States. Um, we just can't call it that. So we can still use a whole entire, you know, recipe of just barley and call it single malt if it's coming from one place, one distillery, because that yeah. single that single means one spot. Right. Oh, okay. So so when you see a bottle and of, of scotch and it says single malt, it's referring to it coming from one one distillery, one one place. So all right. So you say now are can you name a whiskey? Let's 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 go back to bourbon. Let's okay. just say that. Can you name a whiskey that is made in another country that is made exactly like bourbon, they just can't call it bourbon? Um, I mean, with the same basic recipe, they're using the new barrels, all the, doing everything except it's not made in the United States. Do you name, or, or is it just happening? We can't really think of one. I'm sure it is, but every country kind of they like to put their own little stamp on everything, okay, and, and it comes out, you know, being in inherently theirs. You know, kind of what they're known for. It's like you know, can, Canada is very well known for all its rye. Okay. Um, you know, that's why you see just bulk of the whiskey coming out of Canada is is rye based. That's what okay. they, that's what they really put their stamp on. Now you can have whiskey that's made the same way, but Ireland's known for their their Irish whiskey, you know. Yeah. They're not they could they could make a bourbon, but also you gotta look at um what grains are popular in these areas of the country. Okay. So now, for us in the States, it's kind of like a, you know, it's a hodgepodge because we, we grow so much corn here in the States, right. but we do grow barley, we grow wheat. Other places around the world, Scotland and Ireland, you know, they're big on barley fields. So okay. it all, these things just kind of happened by what was the main, you know, really easy, easy to get, like, you know, okay. easy to get ingredient, you know, what's, what's everywhere. I guess that makes sense because you're, you're not going to want to do, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to do a whiskey from my country. I'm going to go get something from a different country. You don't want to do that. You want to, you want to make it from with what you have so it has its own kind of thing. And there's always the exceptions to the rule because then you get into places like Japan that really models their whole entire whiskey production, at least the beginning of it, on, on the Scottish style because Japan was huge fans of, of everything Scotch. Okay. So they kind of... They still put their name on it, and they they still kind of tweaked it and you know refined it, and they do what Japanese do best, and they just kind of you know try to make it better. Okay, and and everything in balance, and like that's the way the Japanese oh, yeah. like, like their whiskey. But they they'll bring in their barley from Scotland or maybe from Belgium, or, you know. They so they might not be using their own, but like I said every every country is going to do it a little bit differently and going to put the thing on it but the process really remains the same the same and okay. that's that's the crazy part is that you get this this beginning product but by the time it's said and done you know you have something that's very very unique you know coming from all that's over really cool. around the world now japan is like really taken off as like a whiskey yeah place now recently right over the last few number of years the right? last the last own. few years like 2013 2014 you yeah. saw like people starting to kind of switch their gears there was a lot of guys that were like big into scotch and you know all the geeks like me who always wanted to know about what was going on they knew it was there but maybe it just wasn't you know quite on their radar or not regarded as as you know this this hot spot for whiskey and now since there's been a number of awards that have gone around companies like Nika or Yamazaki, you know, they, they've, they've gotten these, these accolades and people go, Oh wait, you know, what's all this? Okay. And it's kind of the same thing. Like with the beer craze, you know, once yeah. someone says this is the best thing ever, everyone goes, Oh wait, Oh, now I got to try it. And, oh, then, yeah. and then that, that fad starts to happen. And well, we, we mentioned, wow. Ironically, we have a little glass of <laughs> Japanese whiskey right next to us here. This may seem weird, 
Okay, but I we have people listening. Maybe they're trying to get into whiskey. Maybe they're you know, oh well, gee, I don't know. I just I, you really taught me how to taste whiskey at one of your one of your thing. Why don't I know it's going to seem strange, but let's go through it. Why not? Right? Let's do it. Hey, um, that's it, it's what I love to do the most, and uh, and yeah, of course, because any any good any good house guest, you got to bring something to uh, to share. So I wish more of my people that came on thought like you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me that that Mark didn't bring beer over for you? He did not, but that's okay. All it's right, all right. Well, I went there. I think I went there the next day and had the sour, okay. which I love by the way. The sour. I don't know if you've had the sour yet. It's it's tremendous. It's beautiful. Okay. That's good to know because I have not had it yet, but I've been very curious about it's, it. It's I find with sours, you can taste I like I want to be able to taste beer in my sour. I still want that. But I also want to have the notes of what they say is in it. I Definitely. feel like that is really missing in a lot of a lot of sours. You can taste the beer, but you can also taste the raspberry and the blackberry in it. And it's very smooth and it gets you right in the back, uh -huh. but not really aggressively. It's very, very good. I think you'll like it a lot. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to it. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I, I brought with me because um, it's it's the brand that I spend the most time with um, that, I, that I work with, uh, Kayo. Okay. So uh, that's that's my nine to five, uh, you know, traveling the country and the, the spreading the good word of whiskey, you know, around everybody. But uh, obviously I wanted to bring this. It's been doing extremely well here in Massachusetts. Obviously, you know, here here is home. So it's my baby to take care of yeah, all yeah, the bars great. and restaurants in the area and the, and the stores. But uh, yeah, bring it with me to uh, to share with you. So. Yeah, I guess if we're gonna do like a little a little uh, podcast style tasting here, you got you have the right glassware, which is awesome. You see that? So right, you get right. a couple yeah, of Glen Karens ready for me. That that was awesome. <laughs> um, but it's like a, those you can't see. It's kind of like a teardrop shaped glass, very thin glass. It almost feels like a red wine glass as far as the thickness of the glass, and it, that helps what it helps you like bring up the nose. Is yep, that what it exactly. is? Exactly. So just kind of like you see a lot of a lot of breweries that are serving their beer now in those big tulip shaped yep, glasses. Yep, yep. It's the same concept. This is just obviously smaller because we're not pouring a full pint you know right. we're pouring we're pouring an ounce or two but uh yeah that tulip shape having the smaller this the smaller top to it it's just going to help you get your nose in there okay. and smell it and get all you know what those aromas are and what those fragrances are that uh you know you want to be able to pick out in a whiskey and that's that's something that kind of happens over time you know yeah. some people it's like don't feel bad if if i say you know this whiskey has got um you know notes of 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 cherry and and sandalwood and honey and and it's it's floral you know if some people can get that off the bat sometimes you got to work towards that you have to yeah. train your senses so the more you do it like anything else you're going to get more accustomed to it but yeah so you just kind of would put your nose like literally kind of right in the glass I tell people for the first time if they're if they're a new whiskey drinker, keep your mouth open because yeah, you kind of bring in, you're bringing air through your mouth as well too, right? Kind of like a little bit of the same, like right. What you want to do is if you keep your mouth closed and if you're just getting into whiskey, all that alcohol goes, goes just right to your sinuses. Yeah. So it's gonna you know it's gonna make your eyes you know pop and your head kick all back you're get and is the burn right. You're gonna get that burn, but some people like that feeling. So of course you know I'm no one to say you know you must do it like this. Right, but right, right. For someone who might think it's like a little too intense. You know, you would do the same exact thing with with a wine um, or really yeah. any any spirit. And people I've seen people do it with high octane beers, too. Oh, yeah. You know, just so again, so you're not just getting just just pure alcohol. Well, there's you're so right. many notes in beers now, too. There's yeah. so many other things you get other than just that. OK, so let's give it a little. Let's give it a little. If you have whiskey while you're listening, play along. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's so not like fruit. Yeah. Uh, right. Like a cherry. Am I, am I, am I crazy? This this whiskey that I brought over, um, it's our most popular expression. It's it's we call it our signature. It's aged in Mizunara, which is Japan's domestic oak. So they're white oak. Okay, it's a radically different looking tree than our oak that grows here 
in in the states um it's very twisty very knotty and it's insanely expensive to work okay. with like our our white oak to make a brand new bourbon barrel costs about five hundred dollars roughly you know wow. brand yeah. new one cask made of of japanese oak made of mizanara is five thousand dollars holy cow yeah Wow. So it <laughs> smells really smooth. It doesn't, it's not really sharp. It that, smells really. And that's part of the Japanese style. You know, it, it's not meant to be this, you know, knock you in your face uh, style of whiskey, you know, but that's not that there's anything wrong with that because I, I love getting socked in the face sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want something, you know, loud and, you know, aggressive. But yeah, we're going to get to some of that too, the cask strength <laughs> up in a little bit because I have a question about that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, I have some stuff. Excellent. Right. But so uh, what's next? Do we sip? Yeah, have a have a uh, have a sip with it. Mm. And you're talking about those those fruit notes, that sherry. That's that's a Ooh. very big part of that's a very big part of the Japanese oak that we use to age these whiskeys in. Big on like fruit notes, tropical fruits and dried fruits. Yeah, and uh, some good oaky and and almost I don't want to say peaty but it has like that same kind of like a, an aftertaste of like a scotch has that very earthy kind of it's got a little it. it's got a little bit of like that herbal quality to it to yeah. me I kind of think of it like a oh. like a tea almost it, it's kind of like a tea like herbal quality yeah. um, that is smooth man it's a uh, it's a really easy drinking whiskey especially you know but they they add up you know 43% alcohol you have a few glasses and an empty stomach you know you up on you, yeah. you'll you'll feel good pretty quick okay good <laughs> all right so all right so I Watch again, watching all these things I've been watching lately. Uh, I learned a thing about sometimes what these people are saying, and I don't know how you feel about this. Some people are saying that some of the really high priced whiskeys doesn't necessarily mean that they're a higher quality, just that they have a less availability. Like maybe even with the cask strength or the small batch, yep. there's not as much of it available. So, so because of a limited availability, the prices kind of go up a little bit. Is that how do you feel about that? That's it. Part of it is true, part of it is in by design to to make something you know a lot of it a lot of it is marketing when you once you say something is a small batch or 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 a limited run um you get people's attention because just like um you know all the breweries that have their different versions of all their beers you know uh people look for these releases and they're like oh this is something different it's special it's unique you well, know like it's, it's, Topper it's, doesn't leave Hedy Topper doesn't leave Vermont so people go insane for it because yeah. they can't get it they can't get it it's good uh, beer it's, it's great beer but I, st- I like Focal Banger, but per- me personally, I'm with you. I think yeah, I'm with you. I think it's, it has a little more flavor to it. It's a little smoother at the same time. It's very good. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I actually uh, not to go on a complete tangent on a different direction, but I I miss the days when I first was turned on to the Alchemist when it was still a brew pub when it was in downtown Waterbury yeah, as, as the brew went. pub and uh, it was great. So what that was, it it's what now is Prohibition Pig. I love so pig, man. <laughs> back in the day, that was the original spot for the Alchemist as a oh, brew okay. pub, and that. that's that's how my friends uh, friends had a timeshare up in Stowe, so we went you know skiing oh, and yeah. partied up there, and they brought me down to Waterbury and said, "Here, check this place out." Pro and pig uh, is great. And uh, and ever since then, was, I miss those days. It was before things got crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, right, um, right. Anyway, so back to your question on uh, so like yeah these these small batches, these limited releases. There's a lot of good stuff out there. And some of it is definitely a marketing, but there's a lot of stuff that is, you know, it's, it's good. And it's like this, this one rare, one of a kind kind of, you know, kind of release and you go, all right, well, I want that oh, shit. It's a, it's $150, but you know what? I know it's going to be good, you yeah. know, or, it, but 
most Plus, of the time. Oh, I have this thing. And yeah, 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 and then you can kind of show your friends, like, look what I got. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of went crazy. I, I, in a matter of a couple weeks, um, I, I bought two very specific bottles totaling uh, $500. Oh, my. Okay. And I never anticipated owning both of those. I knew I was going to be getting one of them, but I would just happen to be uh, the right place in the right time. And the opportunity to get the the second one and I went, all right, well, I think I'd be silly not to because they were the first of their kind um, to hit the States and to oh, be, wow. to be able in the, in this country. So, and yeah, I, I, I got to get it. So I'm totally guilty of, uh, of, you know, looking for that, those, those little one-offs, you know, those, those really special things. So. I see nothing wrong with this. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, if, you, if it's, if it's something special to you and if it's worth it to you, then what's, you know, what's the problem? So, okay. So in the same theory of the limited batch, and that's why the price goes up, would you also say that in the same type of thing, why you can get really good whiskey at an affordable price these days because the availability, like I think, I mean, I don't know how you feel about like the Buffalo Traces and the stuff like that. I feel like they're putting out a pretty good whiskey at 35, 40 bucks a bottle. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of Buffalo Trace. Like I said, my, my heart, my, my personal camp is, is the world of scotch, but I mean, I'm, I'm equal opportunity. I, I pretty much, if it's made of whiskey, yes, you know, that that's the way I look at it, but it's good that you have companies that are making something very consistent and that that's very hard to do. You know, guys train their whole entire lives to be these distillery managers it's their job to make sure that you go buy a bottle of Buffalo Trace that every single time that bottle is the exact same way, it tastes the same that you had last time around. Right. So you can get a bottle for, you know, under 30 bucks of something really good or about that $30 price point. You know, that's that's good because you don't necessarily need to be spending $150 on a bottle, $200 on a bottle. But when you start getting to try all this stuff, you start kind of finding out what you really, really like more. Right. And all of a sudden, like, okay, well, now I'll... I, I'll splurge. I'll go for a seventy-five dollar bottle yeah, and something yeah. special. But then, then you get to try more stuff, and you go, right. "All right, well, I guess now I'll spend a hundred dollars on a bottle." And it's that very slippery slope. But yeah, thirty bucks for a bottle. There's a lot of good stuff out there. I think so too. What, what would you? What would you? Hi, Sarah. Hi. What would you? It's Bessie's sister. <laughs> what would you consider if you were gonna pick? Let's say let's pick a bottle. If you if somebody says, "Okay, I want to go out and I want to pick out a, a I want a bourbon." In the thirty-five to forty-five dollar range, what would you tell them to go buy? Um, Buffalo Trace is definitely going to be a little bit cheaper than that, but I, I would say that's always an awesome standby. Right? It um, is, it's, right? a, it's a great standby. I'm a huge fan of Four Roses. Um, they have some good stuff, man. Yeah, especially when you can get into their single their single bear releases that are like the special the special picks. So just not your regular ordinary single barrel that every big store is going to carry but we start getting into the stores that buy their excuse me their own barrels okay so a store or a restaurant may buy their own barrel yeah and it belongs to that store or restaurant and then then you have something that's truly unique that because then yeah that, you know that's that's the only barrel you're ever going to get of that so stuff like that i'm, I'm a big fan of um so how about the same question for scotch so for scotch um one of my budget pours my favorites uh it's called ardmore okay um it's uh it's it's a it's a lightly peated so it's got a bit of the smoke thing going on for you but it's big on like a heather honey kind of flavor oh nice. that's, that's usually about like a 30 dollar bottle um, how do you spell that what is that ardmore a-r-d-m-o yeah more okay. Ardmore. okay cool 
Um, right. And uh, Glenn Murray, another one. Uh, Glenn G or sorry, G L E N M O R A Y. Okay. They're some of the best budget bottles you can get. Right. Like they're twelve year for like thirty five bucks. So do you feel that's the same thing? Like it's it's a really good whiskey, but they put out such a volume they're able to keep the price down. Definitely. Kind of like how Guitar Center is always cheaper because they have a shitload of stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but there's there's some there's some brands out there that are, I want to say that they're 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 the underdog, but because they don't carry some of the same weight as some of the big big guys do, they're not going to charge as much, and you're not going to pay as much for the name because, you know, you start throwing around names like Pappy, yeah, you know, and McAllen, and yeah. and these bottles that are costing just insane amounts of money that are always just getting more expensive and harder to find. It's good to know that you still have a lot of stuff. That you don't have to spend, you know, a fortune on to get. I think it's pretty cool that there are there's a lot of really good affordable whiskeys coming out that are really kicking. But you never know. You never know what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? So you don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Fun's trying them. That that's that, the best that, part. It's like obviously, you know, you go you get to go to a tasting or you go to a store who that's offering, you know, samples of stuff. And that's the best way to learn. Right. You know, that's how I right. got into this. Is just I, I went to a bunch of tastings and I would hear people talk about it doing exactly what I do now and would just sit there and just soak it all in like a sponge and just, you know, I wanted to, I'm still, there's always something more to learn, you know, so I'll, I'll never be done with it. Well, so no. as soon as, or as much as I have the opportunity to go to a tasting, I'll still go and watch other friends of mine do a seminar or just sit in and just listen to what they got to say because you're always going to learn more. I think that's really important. I feel like anything that you do, it's always good to try to learn at the same time. Like I, I wrestled for 23 years. I swore I learned something every single match I ever had. Yeah. Music, I still learn something. Every time I go out and do a gig, I learn something. You're a musician. I'm yes. sure you feel the same way. Yeah. You, every time you kind of go out, you pick something else up here and pick it up there. And I think it's pretty good to go out and, and do the same thing when you're trying anything. Yeah. You know, um, I learned something else I thought was interesting too. I learned that, is it illegal to do artificial coloring in the United States? It's... Because Johnny Walker does some artificial coloring. To be honest, I'm not even sure where that, where that law sits right now with the states. It's not, it's not illegal for most countries because you, you look at... Um, people see something that's very dark colored, they automatically assume that it's going to be very old. So yeah. that's just kind of the allure. Now, b companies will tell you that adding this this caramel color does not affect the flavor i i call bullshit i mean even kind of with you i there, there's no way that's not going to affect it in some way even if it's just slightly yeah. um not to say that they're bad whiskeys but when i look for a whiskey like this that's that's not colored but the laws are different in every single country where what what is considered an additive now right so in this country you have things like fireball yeah, yeah. Where they're just dumping these this gross amount of the cinnamon flavor into it and still calling it whiskey. You can't do that in now, Scotland. I'll have some fireball. Don't tell me it's whiskey. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, I'll I'll have but, some. Just if somebody's doing it, sure, I'll have some. But don't tell me it's whiskey. Yeah. But uh, but legally on the label that they they can still call it they can still call it whiskey. You can't do that in in Scotland. Okay. Um, if you're if you're assuming you're calling it Scotch, um, the second you add anything to um, to the, to the barrel, anything extra that that's what that's considered an additive. So you can't put anything that's not just your, your, your core ingredients, to your core whiskey. ingredients, you know, your, your grains, your barley, you mix it with water, yeast comes into a beer and then, you know, you distill it, put it into a, a cask and that's it. I mean, down to, you know, putting anything inside the barrel, like 
you know, like you would a gin, like botanical or something like that. Yeah. You can't do that. Okay. You, you can't physically add anything into that barrel besides the liquid that you're that you're That's amazing. putting it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. It's, it's the rules, man. Well, well okay. Now, okay, what PPM? PPM. I heard the guy mention PPM. Is that something to do with like the oakiness or something Part, it's, like that? It's parts per million. It's referring to a phenolic content of peat in a whiskey. So it's it's think of PPM parts per million the same uh, regard as IBUs. Okay. Um, what's what's tough about IBU is the international bitterness yes. unit. By the way, folks listening um, yeah, for beer, yeah, for all, all you beer nerds out there that yes. already that already know that. Um, <laughs> but it's in, it's in the same idea of how do you measure how how peaty a whiskey is. But the thing is, there's a lot more that goes into just you know a parts per million count. Because what peat is, and when you get this smoky flavor of whiskey, the the grains themselves are essentially roasted over a fire. And, oh, okay. And peat's kind of like one step short of coal. It's, so it's roasted over a fire of peat? Exactly. Oh, that is. Yeah. You, so these these bricks of peat, it's it's compressed earth. Now, you burned some of that the last whiskey yep. dinner we went to, and it was the coolest, most <laughs> natural, earthy smell ever. It yep. was awesome. Yeah, so that's so. What happens is these distilleries, or depending on um, the the malting companies that are taking care of, they're essentially prepping the barley for the distilleries because some some don't do the full process on site. Some are buying in barley that's already gone through the you know the okay. full process. Yeah. Yep. But with the peat, you have this this fire of these peat logs, and the barley would sit on top of that, like kind of like a kind of like, a, like a mesh grate, like okay. a. Um, like a screen almost, so almost as, like, a, like a strainer, like a mesh strainer. Pretty much, like, yeah. yeah. So it's in this this kiln, um, you know, big big fireplace, and that smoke is rising, and it's just getting soaked up by the barley. Oh, so cool! So all that smoke just kind of sits in that barley. Then they'll start their beer making process. They'll add the water, and they'll add the the, the add the, the yeast to it to start eating the sugar. Sugars go into alcohol, so you know you'll end up with this smoky beer, and then that smoke flavor will sit with that liquid the whole way through the process so some people some people love the smoke you know the smoke whiskeys some people don't you know it depends on just personal taste now me personally it's my favorite of of the style and scotch is having the peated whiskeys yeah that's it's it's it took me a little while and I was into it for a while then I went I went the bourbon way and I think I'm going to start inching my way back a little bit too so it's kind of like uh, it's. I always tell people if they're trying it for the first time, think about the first time you tried coffee as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you probably thought it was bitter and it was disgusting, um, or the first time that you had an IPA. Yeah. Or the first time you ever had a sour beer. You know, maybe you didn't like it then. Yeah. But you come back to it. You try it a little again because taste buds change. Or maybe you get something that's dialed down a little bit. It's not yeah. quite as intense, and you kind of right. you know that little stepping stone of just kind of get something bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. It took me a little while to get into sours because it messes with you. It, yeah. it, it, I had to realize uh, it just took a little time for me to realize. Okay, it's supposed to be like that. Like this is not. <laughs> this is this is oh, this is not gone bad. It's supposed right. to be like that. As soon as, as soon as I got that in my head, and if I'm being honest, I was playing Fortnite up and for I played Fortnite for like a week and a half, you know. And I was up late night playing Fortnite with some friends of mine, and I was drinking some IPAs. I ran out of IPAs, and we were still gonna play. And I had some sours in the fridge. Yeah. And then we no longer had sours in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. I I, uh, I I wasn't big on sours for for a good while, but friends of mine just kind of like just try it. Like you know, there's there's some good stuff out there, and uh, they kept on you know pouring me glasses, and I just kind of you know taste buds changed, and and now I'm into it, and got to uh, visit 
Belgium with a with a couple of those so those same buddies back in 2015 when we got to you know hop around the country and just tasting some insanely good beer. So I'm glad that you know they stuck with they stuck on it. And, you know, like no, dude, just give it another shot. Give yeah. it another shot because you know there's now I'm so much on. good stuff. Yeah, it, it, like I and sometimes like I'll, like I'll go towards like the really juicy and really hoppy IPAs, but mm. sometimes man, I just want that. It's, I find sours refreshing. I find them to be lighter. And yeah, I find them very refreshing. Anyway, okay. So what would you consider? Uh, the most underrated whiskey, like a really, really good whiskey that nobody's most talking underrated about. Underrated whiskey. Yeah, um, there's a real, well, you think is really good and nobody really talks about. I would go back to uh, I'd go back to that 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 Glen Murray. Okay. I, I think so. I think it's just it's such an awesome bang for the buck. Um, they have some other bottles. They don't have an age statement on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you about that age statement. That's age statements. Yeah. Um, all it means is that you know there's usually they're usually younger whiskeys. Not always, right? But people get caught up. Same thing when they see they see uh, a darker color must be older. People see something, um, see, people see like an older age on it, and they go, "Oh, it's got to be good." And not the not case. necessarily, not right? necessarily. Um, right. But they're just they're really making an awesome product that you can get a bottle for like twenty five bucks. I have to try that. And it's and some. it's and it's good single malt. It's not a blended whiskey. It's not it's not going to be. F- majority of this neutral grain spirit like Johnny Walker is. Yeah. And they make good whiskey, but you know, I want the real deal. I don't, I don't want something that that's half this, half the whiskey inside that bottle is this, is this grain alcohol, or right. this, this neutral grain spirit because yeah, I heard that sometimes it's like almost like a vodka that then it's a half of it's like a, like a different, like you said, neutral grain. Yeah. Kind of spirit. In, it, to, to, and all things considered to kind of make it the easiest easiest way to, to put it like it that's basically what it is okay and it helps with consistency okay and it also brings the price down so that's why you know you'll see always a bottle of johnny walker or right. a bottle of doors is going to be cheaper than a bottle of glenlivet or that bottle of mccallum that's yeah. going to be 60 bucks yeah. um but on the flip side you have a bottle like johnny walker blue and for anyone who's never you know had that before uh that's like a 200 hundred dollar bottle most of the time but it's still a blended whiskey. It's okay. old. Yeah. It, it's mostly old juice in that bottle, but you can, for $200, if you're going to spend $200 in, in my, in my thought, you're going to spend $200 on a bottle. There's so many other bottles you could spend that money on okay. and get something even, even insanely better. Well, well that was my um, next question. What's the, what do you consider the most overrated where people like go nuts for it, but it's like, meh, meh. Pappy. I, it, it, okay. it, it it makes my blood boil to see the length that people go to and the money that will be spent like thousands um, sometimes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's not just, and it's, it's the whiskey itself because it's, it's so hard to find. There's only so much of it to go around, but then the people that are buying these bottles and then reselling them in you know, the whole secondary Ugh. market thing, it, that really, really gets me going because you know, then People are making money on somebody else's. They're making more money on somebody else's, you know, work, you know, yeah. their their creation. But uh, yeah. you know, years ago, you could get Pappy Twenty Three for maybe a couple hundred bucks, yeah, three hundred bucks, if that. And now you'd be lucky to, you know, spend three grand on the bottle. That's it's insane. insane. And I've had it, and it's good. It's a great whiskey. But again, for the money, and people just they they see the fad. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess so. Right. That's yeah. I I don't, I, I don't think I've ever had it, but I. I I can't remember. I guess I probably would have. It's great. It's it's really really good whiskey. But I'll never go out of my way to uh, to to have to own a bottle of it. You know, I right? Mean, it's right. just I'd rather spend my money on something like you know if it's bourbon, like find that that 
extra special single barrel of four roses nice. that you know that that's stuff you can find or the or the one-off maker's mark single barrel that you know your, your store down the road bought the whole entire barrel of you know that's their that's their own right you know whiskey that they're selling so stuff like that you know it's okay. a lot it's a lot more accessible it's a lot easier to find so now we were talking about the blends now i and it's probably a silly question but i i feel like the blends there so it's different whiskeys mm-hmm. combined into to make one yep. particular brand and i imagine it's probably stupid but those other whiskeys are picked specifically for what they bring to the table i assume correct definitely like, oh, this one will bring the the, the the sweetness this one will bring a little bit of the burn this one will bring the bring some oaky whatever they whatever yep. it is kind of throw it in that's exactly that's exactly what's happening and it's not and it's not just scotch it happens with whiskey across the board so you know just back to buffalo trace you know the the job of that distillery manager is that he's been picking different barrels because he knows that you know th- these barrels in that part of the warehouse that are that old, and then those these other barrels, he knows that he can count on those just being consistent enough. But he's got to figure out how to put them together. Right. So that's the idea of, of um, you know of of blending and, and marrying them. So, so there's sometimes like twenty percent of this, forty percent of that exactly. kind of thing. Oh, cool. Exactly. And, and then, then the, no, no so then you get into stuff like you know for the Johnny Walkers out there, you get into where there might be. Johnny Walker, all they do, all they do is blend. There's no Johnny Walker distillery. So that's something that kind of people, when they get down into it, that they look confusing because they see all these distillery names and they, they think that a brand equals distillery. Right. And that's not the case. All Johnny Walker is doing is they're buying whiskey that's already been, that's already been made by other they're distilleries. And then by their recipes, they're putting these whiskeys together. So, you know, one, I think maybe like Black Label, there might be like, 15 20 different distilleries going into that no kidding i i'm guessing i i've actually still, I, that's, I mean, it, that's... It, it's something like around that but i've never gone really that i've never dove that deep into it but yeah that's what you get you know you get these um these companies and it's not just johnny walker it'd be other companies too that just you know they'll buy and they'll put together to that's how the scotch industry was kind of founded really it was founded on these these companies making these blends um, the idea of going to buy that sing, you know, that the bottle of the single malt by Glenlivet, you know, that that's just made at Glenlivet. That's kind of a newer thing in comparison to how long the, the, these blending houses have existed. And that's really what kind of got the whiskey trend going. You know, it wasn't until, you know, 20, I shouldn't say 30, 40 years ago, you started seeing the individual distilleries releasing no, their, their their own stuff, not just selling it to the big companies to do these blends. Yeah, because I think I saw a thing where they were talking about Buffalo Trace, like they were putting out other whiskeys before they put out their own Buffalo Trace yep. bourbon. Correct? Yeah. So yeah. under Buffalo Trace, Buffalo Trace is now who has the rights and the recipe for Pappy. Yeah. So you know that's coming out of Buffalo Trace. Um, you have Blanton's, which is its own craze right now which i I can't still understand that used to be a 40 dollar bottle that was in case stacks you know when you'd walk into a store and you know people almost couldn't give it away at 40 dollars, and now you're lucky if you can find it for 60 dollars. i like it it's good it's great but it just it's just one of those things again it's it's because some articles got written this is the best thing ever and then people you know ran with it and it just keeps that fad 
you know, that vicious cycle going of, of like, oh, it's, it's really, really good. And it's really, really rare, but I got to have it. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. And people are spending, you know, hundred, you know, hundred dollars on what used to be a $40 bottle. I mean, if I see Blanton, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some bourbon. I see Blanton's. Oh, that's the price. Oh, okay. Then I look next door and I see Eagle Rare, a, a, a super affordable Eagle yeah. Rare. I'm going to grab for, the Eagle Rare. For a $30, $35 bottle, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. Now, how many, how many, I mean, I don't need an exact number, but Jim Beam is putting out it. They have like Knob Creek and, yep. and they're putting out a ton of stuff too, right? Yeah. So, and that's. They're a huge, huge company. So Jim Beam is a part of the company Beam Suntory. Okay. Um, Suntory was or is a is a Japanese group. No uh, kidding. They merged some years ago, but to give you an idea of their ownership and how much they actually see of or all their brands, um, just in the in the states under Beam Suntory, you have everything. Obviously, Jim Beam brand. Yeah. You have Maker's Mark. You yeah. have Knob Creek, and then you get into the scotch brands that they own uh they own lafroig they own ardmore um they own bomore they own Auchintosh, and they own glengarry you mentioned lafroig i haven't had it but i heard that's a very aggressive one that's it's, that that that'll uh, that'll set you right you know <laughs> that's like that's kind of when the training wheels come off that that's that's that peat yeah. you know that that's the big peat content and it's it goes at a very medicinal um kind of kind of profile and there's like an iodine character to it, okay. which some people can't stand. Yeah. They're gonna go running away from it. I run towards it. That's I, out of in my personal collection, one shelf of mine is just Lafroig. Oh wow! Just one entire shelf is, and I I don't even know how many bottles I have right now. It's it's something really stupid, but um yeah, I love it. <laughs> now you 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 also mentioned Maker's Mark. That's one of those old reliables. You can yep. count on it. I don't know if you know this, but we are actually, I don't know if you, you knew you could do this. We're actually ambassadors for Maker's Mark. All that means is you go on their website, you sign up, they send you cards, and every Christmas they send you something for a Christmas decoration yep. or something. And then our friends got us into that. They just got a poster the other day saying that their bottle is ready and they can actually go there and get a bottle out of out of their barrel, out of their, out of their barrel that they, yep. they had their name on all these years. Yeah. You know, it's funny is that I just found out about this like a couple years ago. Yeah. And I've never done it. I, oh, you I, gotta. I, I, I know I should. It's like, what, of all people, why, why have I not done this yet? Um, but I, I got have... a pair of socks last Christmas <laughs> with like whiskey bottles on. Them. I've heard that the gifts were better in years past though. Like kind of as things, as time goes on, like they're not, not quite, but that's what I've, yeah, oh, I've heard. paying anything for it. Whatever. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm more, I'm more, I, I love getting a little, the little thing. Like I got a pair of socks and we got this, like this ornament. I guess they have like this beautiful stained glass window there. At, at the distillery we got like a little small uh tree ornament that's like okay. a repl replica nice. of that little you know but i'm more intrigued by the fact like okay my number is on a a, a barrel there yep. right now and then in a number of years we're going to be able to go down there and actually get a bottle out of that I just, is it going to be any different no but there's something really cool about it. same type of thing you were talking about like i we're going to have this cool thing, you yeah, know, it's something special. It's a, it's a one-off and, uh, you know, you, you, to have your name on it. Um, I had the opportunity, unfortunately, uh, it never, it never came, uh, to fruition, but, uh, my very first trip to Scotland back in 2011 with, uh, some friends of mine, we were actually at a distillery at the Glenglossa distillery and it was just coming back online. It had been mothballed and not in production oh, they weren't boy. they weren't making anything for years okay it was just coming back online new ownership um you know kind of bringing it back to life and um to help kind of their their revenue the income for the distillery they were selling these small casks oh, so you, you would front the money yeah. for these small casks and uh they would fill it 
right there with you. And, and, you so, wait. So, and then you wait. But what happened is that oh, years went on and, uh, you know, they get you in the door with the price to purchase the cask. Right. They don't tell you the logistics of what it's going to cost to bottle that yeah. with, and then to ship it over. <laughs> yeah. So I forgot yeah. how much money we had tied up in this, but um, a few years after we had originally signed up for it and we filled our cask and like, that's it. It's, it's, it's sitting up there in the warehouse, you know, where, you know, we're looking at it um, after it was rolled out and uh, the decision was made by the, by the fellow who, who laid down the credit card yeah. initially to sell it back oh, yeah. to the distillery. So we <laughs> yeah. never got our bottles out. So I was, I was still pretty bummed about that. But, I mean, it would have been a pretty big endeavor for yeah. three guys. You know, granted, it was a smaller cask. Um, it wasn't anything, you know, crazy big. But still, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of money that goes into that. Right. You know. Well, I'll find out what the the, the logistics of it, uh, what, the, <laughs> what, 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 what they'll be, because our friends are going to be going down there to, to check out their awesome. – I, I, I think they're going to be, because I don't think it's – they live in Georgia, so it's not really that far from okay. them. But, I mean, it could be, could be really cool. Are, are you a strictly anti-ice in your whiskey person? Um, or, 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 or not in your whiskey, but do you, how, I mean, it, do you, I have people like every now and then I like a whiskey on, you know, the big ice cube or the yep. big ballers. I like that. I don't want a big glass full of ice, but I like, a, you know, every now and then, not often. And I have people roll their eyes at me and I'm like, well, it's, sometimes I just kind of want that. You know, no, it's it's total personal preference. Anytime I'm doing any kind of event or like a tasting or a seminar and, and or a dinner, and people ask me, you know, what's the deal with ice? I say you drink it the way you want to drink right, it. Right, right. You know, I I'm I'm no one to say that you, you know someone should drink their whiskey this way. And so right. if, you, if you like it that way, awesome. I'm just glad that people are enjoying it. You know, but me personally, I usually don't do ice. If I if I'm feeling like I want something cold, I might just keep like a rocks glass like in the freezer. Right, right, right. Oh, there you go. You know, um, a chilled a chilled glass of rye on a summer day for me is oddly refreshing. But same thing with water. See, people swear you you know you can never add water to your whiskey or always add water. Is it it's personal preference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you as long as as long as you're not dumping like fruit two o. Yeah, into right, like right, you right. know a bottle that cost you know a couple hundred dollars. Just don't do that in front of me. And, yeah, yeah, and, please, and don't we're do fine. Yeah, please yeah, don't please. do that in front of me. But if that, hey, if you got that bankroll that you yeah. can afford that two hundred dollar bottle and dump ginger ale into it, hey man, you That's do your you. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So okay, well that, that was actually well. At first, I have like well, you know those whiskey stones for a little while. Yep. You know that doesn't add. That's pretty cool. I like that. And yep. I actually have some whiskey. I'm using finger quotes. Uh, the the whiskey stones, mm -hmm. but they look like bullets. Pretty cool. Okay, I'll have to show you those. They're pretty cool. <laughs> I I have not seen those. I uh I, I've 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 used those whiskey stones before, and I like the idea that and I try to you know, I always encourage people like you know try everything yeah once. You can always add water to it. You can always add ice to it, but just try it neat first. You might of be course. surprised what you like. But right. the, what's nice about the stones is that you're not going to be um, diluting it. Yeah. You know, so with ice, if you just have if you're sitting with a glass, I mean, I guess. Depends how long you want to sit with that glass and how long it takes you to drink that glass. Right, right, but right, right. As that ice melts, you're not really controlling how much water is being added into that. Exactly, so right. you're diluting that whiskey way more than you would think that you actually are. Right. So the stones, obviously, you don't got to worry about that. Right, if right. you want it chilled, cool, but then you're not going to have to worry about it being diluted. Like every, every now and then, I will like like a whiskey cocktail. Maybe like a, you know, like a Jack and Coke or something yep. like that. But I'm not gonna. I'm also a big fan of like the the old fashions and the Manhattans yep. and stuff like that. that. I am too. Now, obviously, you're you're gonna go that way. You're gonna use a higher, 
uh, a, a whiskey for for one of those. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not necessarily because you don't want to make um uh you don't want to make anything just too too crazy because at a certain point you know you don't want to be draining all your nice bottles to make a cocktail with especially <laughs> right. if you like if you want to be having those bottles just to be you know having a, a neat pour of right, you know, right. just by itself but um you don't have a problem making like a a cocktail like that out of a high end a whiskey you don't really No like I, I mean for me personally I'll use stuff like I'll use my my bottle of buffalo trace or I'll yeah. or I'll right. use that bottle of um you know, I feel like doing like a scotch cocktail. I mean, I've actually made old fashions with Laphroaig. It's a totally different spin oh. on it. Um, that's just because I always have a bottle of 10, uh, their tenure on my shelf oh, at all times. I, I always make old fashions with bourbon. I got to try it with scotch sometime. That's uh, interesting. Just, it, it holds up because the thing, you know, with making cocktails of whiskey is that depending on what you're going to use, if it's a lighter style whiskey, like you don't want to bury. Right. Because then, and then you're not going to be able to sometimes taste. So, you know, lighter scotches, you got to be kind of careful with. But, you know, that's what or when you have something like a Johnny Walker, it's like use right. that. It's cheaper. You right. know, save, save that nice bottle that you spent, you know, the $60 on. Save that for when you want to have like a nice little, you know, neat pour fancy for your, you know, fancy for yourself. Have you gotten into the Boulevardier? I, I've had one or two. I gotta, I gotta come back to it. I have a lot of people. They do equal parts bourbon, the Campari, and then and and the vermouth. I leave the vermouth out. I feel like the vermouth really kind of. I don't know. It changes it too much for me. And, and just some that I, I'm a fan. I've just started to kind of go down that train of, of making more cocktails and try to you know learn learn a little bit of of the mixology side of things. And that, and that's a slippery slope because as yeah. soon as you start buying, you know, this bottle of bitters or you try that, that vermouth and you go, Oh wait, but now I can try this and I got to try that. And before you know it, you have, you know, uh, this, this massive growing yeah. setup of just mixing bottles. I'll have so. to show you our bitters before you go today. <laughs> we have some pretty interesting ones in there. Well, that's great. Well, all right. Do you have anything else that you want to plug before we go into the into our, our final segment? Do, do personal stuff before we get into that? I think that covers it, man. I mean, hopefully everyone listening, uh, hopefully I'm not you know boring them to tears with this because it, 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 this is pretty hard geek out stuff right now. I, yeah, but that's <laughs> what I do. I, I've told people on here and I've told people off of here that I want it to feel like people sitting down at our dining room table talking about stuff that I want to talk about because that's exactly what we're doing. I'm sitting at my table with a friend talking about whiskey because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I love it. I think people are going to dig it. Put out some really cool stuff. Nice, man. I think um, the only thing I can think of is that because um, this will obviously be, be uh, airing well before then is that April, I think it's 19th will be the next uh, whiskey dinner that I'll be helping this, the folks out at Skyline do. Double check my fancy iPhone calendar. Yeah, so April April nineteenth, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. You get four courses of food, yeah, paired with four different whiskeys, and it's just a lot of fun. Same thing as like a wine dinner. Uh, and you've been, you know, you've yeah. been to it. You've seen what it's all about. It's not meant to be this, you know, this crazy high high tier you know elitist thing it's just meant to you know and it's not rowdy people aren't pounding drinks it's no. really cool that's i think that's an, i mean we, we get along very well and I, I like i like talking to you about this stuff but i also i found your dinners to be very informative and that's why i wanted to have you on to talk about all the stuff that you like taught us at these dinners are so interesting so anybody listening if you if you're available to go to one of those Go. They it, it's Go. Skyline Beer Company in Westfield, Massachusetts, and they do these great. It, it, it's such a good time. That's and it's the the family that that they've created. Um, you know, oh. I I can't I can't plug that place enough nope. for this being such an awesome thing, especially for something like that to be now in Westfield. Everyone there is is 
amazing. Awesome people, awesome food, awesome beer, awesome drinks. How we met. That's how we met, yes. Well, I remember when, because... I remember Lisa's like, oh, well, you know Jay Cole. I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, how do you, you're like the same person. How do you not know Jay? She said to me, and I'm like, I think she said the same exact thing to me about you. I think it was because I was going to be doing a, uh, a show there with Jeff Wright to play some music. And, and, and she's like, oh, you know Johnny Idol. I'm like, I don't actually, but I, but, but now I'm starting to feel bad. like, I feel like I should because <laughs> everyone thinks that we're, we're already like, we're already connected, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. but, and now here we are. <laughs> yeah. Here, now here we are talking whiskey on my table. That's great. All right, cool. Well, you know, the drill, we're going to go into our, our segment that we have on every episode and we call it the final three. Pew, 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 pew. All right. These are the final three questions of the podcast. Just answer them as you will. Question number one, how do you take your coffee? Typically, um, I'm a little bit of cream, no sugar. Okay. But um, depending on depending on what kind of mood I'm in, I, I will drink it black sometimes too. But Man, I'm surrounded by psychos. Everybody says that. Oh, my God. All right. That's okay. It's more, often than, more often than not, I'm, just, I'm a little bit of cream, but no sugar. Now, I'm a little cream, little sugar. Just a little bit. Not a lot of either. You know. So I, are you an everyday coffee drinker? Yeah. I'm yeah. a full-on addict. I, uh, I, I've dialed back. I'm, I'm, I'm good for like two cups in the morning, but uh, I... I usually don't drink coffee during the day unless I'm really kind of just, just maybe moving not quite as quick as I should be, yeah. depending on what I did the night before. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know the feeling, yeah. Plus, I'm getting older. I'm not getting any faster, that's for sure. So, cool. All right, excellent. Question number two, what is the last movie you saw either at home or in the theater? And without any spoilers, do you have any thoughts? Um, last movie I think I sat down for was The Irishman. Okay. Um, and... For as much people talked about, I I really liked it. Yeah. Um. The the whole entire story and to get the history and to kind of get the idea of like, oh shit, this is like you know the way things really were. Oh yeah. Um. This is not uh some kind of weird fairy tale like. Right. This this is this is the shit that went down. I liked it and I thought it was a it was a great performance by everybody to see you know. De Niro, Pesci, you know, yeah. Pacino, all together. Yeah, like that's with Scorsese. I mean, with Scorsese, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a great A cast. I'm not like as much of a big movie guy as I used to be. Right. I never go to the theater. Like okay. I honestly don't know last time I was in a in a theater. Okay. But yeah. I, you know, I'll sit down with with the Netflix and you know once nice. in a while and I'll wait for that because I just I'm lazy. I think <laughs> everybody's. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I guess everybody's gripe on it. They didn't say it was bad. They just said it was very long. It's definitely long, like three and a half hours or something like that. But. Uh, I, it's it is long, but but the acting is so good and the story yeah. like it it kept me entertained. You know, okay. I mean, I I knew it was going to be long, so I just kind of put aside a few hours. Like, cool, I'm not going anywhere, okay. you know, and just sat down and and had a you know had a had a night with it. Nice. Did you see the the Dracula miniseries on there? Did not. You have to watch that. Okay. I I was like, meh, whatever, and then I uh, sat down. It's three. Hour and a half long episodes, so okay. it's a total four and a half hours. But, right. you know, but it just, and I think that's it. It looked, but it was it's so well done, and the guy who plays Dracula is riveting. It's really, I think you'll like it. Check it out. I can do that. I, I'll have to fit that in between. In between, I I just uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, just got into Letter Kenny, and I just I'm not I, familiar. I've I've been binging. I've gone back. I've already rewatched a couple of episodes now, but uh, okay. it's, I, I'm into really fast-paced humor, like just really quick, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just like dry, witty, play on words, all that kind of stuff. So if you you got to do yourself a favor and check that, it's on okay. Hulu. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. All right, cool. 
What is it again? Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. All right, yeah. cool. All right, I'll check it out. Uh, question number three, is there a local small business that you are not uh, directly affiliated with that you want to give a plug? Um, since I, since I, I already kind of I gave Skyland the love, and since I, they do have me to the, the dinner, so I guess I am affiliated slightly, but... Um, right. um, Hutkies, the Nook. Oh um, yeah, man! You know, they're they're. I wish I could be there more often to hang with those guys. I think they're doing something incredibly cool. You know, again, same idea, Skyline. That Westfield needed that. Yeah, that's Hutkies at the Nook in Westfield, Massachusetts. Yep. Great, great cocktails, great food, cool little. My cousin, who I just had on, he wants to work out a thing where my band plays and he does stand up comedy in the back room. We'll do a little ticketed thing, nice. like you know, and then that little back. It's gonna be cool if we, we pull that off. It's Definitely be awesome. keep me posted on that because I, oh, I would want to be down there for that. And um, you know, right down the way, you got the fellow that I, I try to support as when I can uh, two rivers burritos oh yep good you stuff know, those guys are cool. just doing so, so there's there's, a, there's it's it's a good time to be in Westfield now you know yeah <laughs> it's got I some agree. stuff going I'm for glad it, that skyline didn't leave Westfield uh, they're down the road it's only five minutes down the road I'm yep. glad they didn't leave and it's really cool that's great Definitely. well that's usually how we wrap things up on here but this time I think it's only fitting that we have you uh, do a toast for us, and we, and we finish with a toast. I so, like that idea. All right, so I had to look this one up because uh, it's one of those ones I haven't been able to memorize yet. Um, but it's it's one of my personal favorites, and it is a uh, it's a Scottish toast. Uh, so it goes a little something like this: May the best you ever have seen be the worst that you'll ever see. May a mouse never leave your gurnal with a teardrop in his e. May you always keep ale and hearty till you're old enough to d. May you always be just as happy as I wish you just to be. Cheers, mate. That's Cheers, great. Man. Cheers. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. This is a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I, I want to have you back on. It's great. Anytime. We'll round, have you on. Round two. Then we talk music. I love that. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening. See Cheers, you next guys. time. Thank you. Thank you.